And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. That word rest, this is 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7 through 10. Rest. It's one of the most favorite words among Christians who try hard and labor for the Lord. It's a favorite word for any hard work in person. We long for eternal rest. We long to be with our Lord, to have our faith become sight. And heaven's such a wonderful place that words on earth cannot describe it, nor can paint us a vivid enough picture to grasp its greatness. You've got to see it in the Spirit. And heaven is the very best of God. It is His home. And so on the other hand, hell is the most terrible place of all God's creation. In fact, it's the exact opposite of heaven in almost every way. The only common characteristic of them is that they are both eternal, that they will last forever and ever. So while we go home to rest with Paul and the great ones, to our mansions that are prepared for us, the wicked will go to their place of torment. Isaiah 66, 24 says, They shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me, for their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. This teaches that there will be a special fire in hell. It says their fire will be just for them. They will belong in hell just as we will belong in heaven. And it's a true statement for every person that's ever lived. We are all going home someday. So today we're going to talk about the polarities of heaven and hell. We're just going to name a few of these. Hell is the antitype of heaven in every single aspect. And I'll just give some points on this, describing the horrors of hell, but the greatness of heaven. Number one, heaven is likened unto a mountain, while hell is called the pit. Psalm 48, 1 and 2, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of His holiness, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Heaven is likened to a mountain, a high mountaintop that God dwells in this mountain of His holiness. It's Mount Zion of, of heaven in the heavens. This mount is Jerusalem. This will be the city on earth for the great king for a thousand years, fulfilling the kingdom of heaven on this earth. So God has always dwelt on a mountain, Isaiah 14, verse 13. That's why Satan tried to ascend up into it and become like God. So heaven is likened to a mountain both literally and figuratively because mountains in the uh, allegorical sense are kingdoms in the Bible where rulers rule and kings reign. 
And so God's kingdom, though, will be above all others. It says in Micah 4, 1 and 2, But in the last days shall it come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains. It shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow unto it. God's kingdom is far above all others, and God's home in heaven is high and lifted up above all others. But hell, on the other hand, is called the pit. And Isaiah 14, verse 15, said that Lucifer will be going down to the lowest pit. He wanted the mountaintop and gets the deepest of pit. Psalm 88, 6, he says, Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the deeps. The idea is that heaven and hell are so different that they are completely two extremes apart. Hell offers no hope once one arrives there, and only God in his mercy can prevent a soul from its grasp. Isaiah 60, uh, 86, verse 13, For great is thy mercy toward me. Thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. How many of us can testify to that, that God delivered our soul from the lowest of hells, and now we get to live with him in heaven on the mountaintop forever and ever? Number two, heaven is a place of light. Revelation 22, 5, there shall be no night there, and they shall have need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. In heaven there will be no need for the sun. There will be no need for any artificial lighting. For God giveth them light. In fact, the whole city is light. The whole city is transparent. Not even the slightest tint of darkness there will never be darkness again for the people of God when they get to this wonderful place. Because in John 3, 21, Jesus said, He that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. On the other hand, those that go to hell, they'll never see the light again. They love darkness while living on the earth. That's why the next verses, John uh, 3, 19 and 20 says, This is the condemnation. Light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. They wanted darkness on earth, they will have darkness in death. The Bible says there will be an outer darkness. Hell's darkness is thick and painful, forever shadowing any hope of the, or uh, any hope for change any hope for ending, it will always be that people are laid in the darkness. Those that curse their parents, the Bible says, they're going to be put far from the light. Proverbs 20, verse 20, Whoso curseth his father and mother, his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness to where we will never see darkness again in heaven. Those in hell will never see the light again. They will be in thick, thick darkness. The third description of heaven it has mansions for its inhabitants. And while hell, all it provides is individual jail cells for its inhabitants. John 14, 2 and 3, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Here we find Jesus comforting the disciples with the promise 
many mansions in his father's house. And these are all special, certain mansions custom made for certain people, which are the saints of God. On the other hand, though, Isaiah 24, verse 21 and 22 says, It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high, kings of the earth, upon the earth, and they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit. They shall be shut up in the prison, and after many days they shall be visited. Here we find hell is likened unto a great prison, and the men are gathered as prisoners in a pit and shut up, and one day they will be visited again for the final judgment before they get cast into the lake of fire. But hell is a prison. Hell is run like a prison. The inmates are doomed. They're All they're waiting for is their trial. They're not going to get bailed out. There's no way to get uh, a pardon of any kind once they're there. But the people in heaven are going to have open habitations full, big, and wide with plenty of freedom to live and serve their God. And so that's the third description of heaven. Number four, heaven is a place of much joy and gladness while hell is nothing but sorrow and constant weeping. Revelation 21, 4, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. The best part of heaven's gladness is that it'll never grow old. One of the greatest things about heaven, you know, everything in this world grows old at some point. In heaven, everything stays new. It will never grow old. On the earth, we enjoy things for just for a season. We begin to take them from granted, and then we lose them, and we can't take. But in heaven, we'll have the ability because we're delivered from bodies of flesh to take full advantage of its greatness for all eternity. Now, in heaven, sorrow will never reach the soul. Pain will never touch you. It'll never reach you. You will be delivered, living in the city of God. Listen to this verse, Isaiah 25, verse 8 and 9. He will swallow up death and victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off the earth. For the Lord has spoken it. And it shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him. And he will save us. This is the Lord and we have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. When death is swallowed up in victory. And we get to heaven and God wipes away all tears from our eyes. On earth... Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning on that new day when we all get to go home. But the unsaved, the lost, they will have a different destiny. They will get pain, weeping, gnashing of teeth. Matthew eight twelve says, But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew thirteen forty two shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. They will wail in agony and regret. People in hell will never have a reason to be happy. People in hell will never have a good day. People in hell will never have a good moment. While they are suffering in their own agonies, they are hearing the wails of other people 
as they weep also in hell. What a horrible place hell will be. But to the contrast, what a place of joy and gladness heaven will be, the exact opposite of hell. The fifth description of heaven is it's a place of true rest. So even when his uh, servants, they serve him for all eternity, they will be in rest from their labors. Because it says in Revelation 14, 13, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. They will have rest from their labors and rest as they serve God in glorified bodies. But even on earth, God's commandments are not grievous. His burden is very light. Here on earth we toil in corruptible bodies, and we struggle because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But one day we will have rest with heaven and with his people. We read it in 2 Thessalonians 1.7. There will be great rest for the people of God. Hell, though, is the opposite. Hell on the other plan, place is a place of unrest. There will not even be a short break from the sufferings of hell. Revelation 14, 11 says, The smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. They have no rest, day nor night, who worship the beast in his image, whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. No rest whatsoever. The torment continues. Have you ever been so miserable? You just can't get comfortable. You just don't feel that you ever get comfort. Have you ever been bothered so much that you're at like sanity's end? And you're agitated? Why don't you try feeling this forever? That's the way people will be in hell. They'll never feel good. They'll never feel rested. They'll be in constant bitterness of soul and agitation. This is the way people will live. It's those noise, just like the noisome sores that rest on people in the kingdom of the beast. In a tribulation period, this will continue in hell forever and ever. It's a loud, disturbing noise. No rest. In hell, at night, they will long for the day. And then during the day, they will hope for the night. They will never have rest. So shall it be in this place called hell. The sixth place uh, or description of hell will be, says that heaven will provide us an eternal presence of God, but hell causes an eternal separation. Those that have not holiness will never see the Lord, according to Hebrews 12, 14. Never even get to see him. Heaven is a place where God dwells with his people. He said, I will be with them. I will dwell with them. They shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. Revelation 21, 3. And we shall see him face to face. Souls in in hell, they will never know the love of God, which is bestowed on the saints for all eternity. You get the peace of God by knowing God. It says in Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. There's no uh, peace to the wicked, according to Isaiah 48, 22. So the peace comes by knowing God. And if you don't know God and you're not in his presence, you'll never get peace. There will be no peace for the wicked. Heaven is a place of relationship where you have communion 
with God on a continual basis. I call it the Beulah effect, which is supposed to be the blessing of marriage without the failure of sin to ruin it. Can you imagine marriage without any failure on any either partner's side or part? How wonderful life could be. Heaven is likened to marriage in the sense that Christ will marry his bride, the church, and live in the New Jerusalem. The Bible says the New Jerusalem will come down out of heaven as a bride that is adorned for her husband. Revelation 21.2 said, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, to where we live with him in his very presence forever and ever. Those in hell will be separated from the God that created them. They will be separated from all other relationships. They will be considered outsiders from the kingdom They will be cast into the lake of fire. Hell is nothing but loneliness and despair. And the the statement that will be called out over and over throughout eternity is, No man cares for my soul. But in heaven, we rest in the bosom of God, knowing his love, having his peace, and being cared for by the very God that created us. And then number seven, which will be our last point for the day. This will be a two-part. Number seven, heaven is a place of new beginnings, while hell is abode of constant regret. It says in Revelation 21, verse 4 and 5, that God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. So in heaven we will have new homes, new bodies, new purposes, new lives. The sorrow of the past will be removed from our memories, and we'll move on to such a high-level existence. We can't conceive this at this time, that God will wipe away all the tears from our eyes, and we'll have... Uh, like right now we have much regret but and even at the judgment we might have great regret from the failures and lack of service on this earth but the bible says we will be cleansed from this and we will go to heaven god will take all remorse away and fit us for eternal service it's new beginnings Remember that we will witness the great white throne judgment and watch as many are cast into the lake of fire. We will weep for loved ones that were forgotten in eternity, or will be. God himself shall wipe the tears away from the sorrow out of our hearts, but we will go into eternity with a clean conscience and pure hearts. However, those that go to heaven will forever remember the past. They will have a constant memory. They will regret the blown opportunities the rebellion against the truth. They will regret taking God's son for granted and all that God offered. Remember the rich man who went to hell in Luke 16, 25? He had great memory of his past life and how he lived. His memories were very vivid and so were all those be who are in hell. All they will have left are the memories of a wasted life. No laying up of treasures in heaven. No searching and seeking and planning for the the next life. There's some people out there 
who think that they're going to continue living in their prosperous lives without it ever ending. They deceive themselves into thinking this will continue. Psalm 49.11 says their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. They spend their days in wealth and then in a moment go down to the grave. This short life will end, some shorter than others, some longer than others, some continue living their prosperous wicked life until the very last breath and then they lose it all and the tears of regret will flow forever and ever and it should be noted those in hell they will remember you but you will not remember them because God will make all things new and this and the former things will not be remembered you must remember them now Labor to the best of your ability to win the lost at any cost. So we see this contrast of heaven and hell and how they are exact opposites in every... If you could draw the picture of the highest mountain versus the deepest, lowest pit, that's the contrast and the brightest of light and the thickest of darkness. And it goes on and on. And this is the difference. Now, we who are saved get to go to this place of light and what we need to do is is win as many people to the Lord as we can try to get them into rest in Christ so that the tears of regret will not fall at the judgment seat but we once again we find how great it is to be in Christ in this position we're in to be saved this is hell the end and call it the end any type of heaven the exact opposite we will continue this study in our next session thank you have a great day